Ashley Limpriori here. Um, I've been getting a lot of questions about my thoughts on the Queen's Gambit Netflix series, and I thought it was time to uh, address those questions, those, those comments and thoughts that people have been sending my way. First things first, uh, we've been getting a lot of tags on social media, and when I say we, I mean um, my organization, Queen's Gambit, because we do share the same name as the film. And someone told me that it's hilarious that any chess thing that's focused on women is called the Queen's Gambit. And my response typically is, well, a lot of the other openings in chess are, are traditionally named after men, right? So, um, but also it's the significance of the Queen's Gambit, right? The Queen's Gambit is having a sacrifice, moving somewhere um, early on that uh, doesn't benefit you greatly, but then having tons of benefits later on. So sacrifice now for gains later. And, you know, I really think that's significant to the rest of the film and really in life in general. I thought the film was phenomenal. Um, I thought the miniseries was was excellent. It, it did an amazing job with the actual chess positions. Uh, Gary Kasparov was a consultant on the film, so we knew that those scenes were going to be excellent. The clothing was phenomenal. Uh, the music, you know, everything really added up. And not only was it entertaining and was it something that um, artistically incredible, but factually it was it was wonderful as well. And what it means for women and girls in chess, that's my big thing, is, you know, what does this mean for chess players? And it, it means a lot for us because people are starting to see why chess is such a wonderful game, why it is so incredible. And that's because it's not always about winning. It's not always about competition. It really is about what you can get out of it, what chess teaches. It teaches strategy, critical thinking. Uh, it is it is this whole world where you can your your mind is creating these incredible positions. It it's people are finally seeing what we've seen, and for women and girls in chess, I mean to see a prominent player uh, Beth Harmon uh, competing, you know, and and really taking that next step, becoming a world champion. It means a lot to us because as a young woman who went to chess competitions and would really only be playing against boys and having that that environment to see someone else's experience and to watch that it really it really meant a lot so all in all i thought it was it was wonderful and i'm happy to answer any specific questions that people may have you can drop them in the comments below but what I want to focus on today is actually something that I had the uh, distinct honor and privilege to do. Uh, I was able to virtually sit down with Carlos Rafael Rivera, who actually did the score for the miniseries, The Queen's Gambit. And he is incredible. He's an Emmy Award winning composer whose work has has he's done tons of things. Um, a lot of people might know he did the scores for Netflix's Godless, directed by Scott Frank, who also directed The Queen's Gambit. And he also did the score for Universal Pictures' A Walk Among the Tombstones, starring Liam Neeson. So he is a very gifted, talented uh, musician, and he is currently the assistant professor and director of media writing and production program at the Frost School of Music at the University of Miami. So he's he's doing incredible things, and he's um, 
you know, my conversation with him was, was one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. So I'm super excited to be able to share it with you. Um, I was able to sit down with, uh, with Mr. Rivera. So um, take a look at our conversation. Okay, so how, like, how did you get involved with Queen's Gambit? Or what was the process when you first um, learned that they were doing this, this production on Netflix? How did that collaboration come about? So, uh, you know, I just realized how many people answer the question or any question in interviews with the word, so I just did it. <laughs> I just, that is so annoying. And I just did it. I'm going to stop. I'm That's how I started the question. I asked, I said, so. Yeah. But, but if you think about it, like <laughs> most people answer. And I first, when I noticed that at the beginning, I noticed people were like, I was like, that's a really smart way to go because you almost get caught mid thought, you know? And so it, it makes it feel like. I'm a thinker and here's my thought trail as you caught me. And it almost feels like so is a word that's used to impress as opposed to just a crutch. And I just use it as a complete crutch, but I got annoyed. <laughs> so anyways, I got, I got the email. I got an email from Scott Frank, the director, like in April of 2018. And he said, uh, it looks like this is the next thing we're going to be doing for Netflix. Uh, we had, recently done a, a limited series called Godless, which was Netflix's first one. And the first one we also happened to do with them. And it went well, like uh, for me, surprisingly, always, you know, I feel very fortunate to do this. And then he sent me the email and it's Walter Tevis, Queen's Gambit. And he goes, you know, he goes, read it. I'm writing this. I'm adapting it now. And and so you can start getting some ideas. And of course, I, you know, forwarded the email to my wife immediately. I'm like, oh my God. And then, uh, and then I went and downloaded the book and, um, read it within like a day. Um, cause it's a short read and, um, and I immediately started to think about it and I got annoyed because there's so many mentions of classical music in the novel, you know, Walter Tevis mentions, he says at some point, some of the moves he's describing him, he says, it's like chamber music. I remember reading that going, Oh my God, there's no way I, I am so screwed because I have to now really try to do, um, classical music i it there is no way that i can approach a game that is as old as chess without it being addressing music that kind of has that time line you know and classical music's been around for quite a bit and the idea of counterpoint has been around forever and the idea of a move and a counter move and that therefore and i started immediately thinking i'm going to have a line and a counter line a call and response which is what happens a lot in music um the idea of imitation, there are some mirror moves, you know, in the opening, sometimes you can do. And the that started to immediately make me think that I was in trouble because it, it was going to be a, a tall order because you're always dealing with one of the greatest games. So that's how it started. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's a good answer for now. I'm getting annoyed at my own voice, so I'll stop. <laughs> no, that's amazing. And I'm, I'm curious, like, when you saw that, did you know how to play chess like did you already know how to do that i know a lot of people when they're like oh I, i've never chess is is too too this or that for me or they just don't never learn how to play i i think i'm very much like many people i've heard say this and it's so funny uh there's sort of two thoughts that come to mind right now when because you're what you're what you just said chess for me is like my dad taught me how to play chess 
And I've heard so many stories of my dad or my mom taught me how to play chess. They sat down with me and my dad sat down with me and we'd play chess. And it was a short period of time. And he had a book and I just don't remember what book it was, but it was in Central America. And I just remember it was, he had a little book about chess and stuff. And um, that was my experience. It was just very limited. I played a little bit. And then like bowling, every time I'd play with someone, I thought I was really good and I of course sucked. And uh, once I got the email from Scott, I immediately logged on to chess.com and you know became a member and I started playing because I knew how to play. And the joke I've been telling a lot of people is like, I, 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 I've always sucked at chess, but now that I've been playing for two years, I know how much I suck at chess. You know, that's, that's literally what this uh, experience has brought on to me as far as understanding chess. It's inspiring, you know, and uh, anyway. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's really, it's really interesting too, that so many people, I think, during the pandemic started to get more into chess because it's this thing that they said, oh, I had it in my house or it's this pastime. And I think because it's something that they can control, they can control the movement of the pieces or they can control what's happening. And during their lives at that point, they had no control over something. And so that was that's an interesting aspect that um, yeah. I think we've been seeing from it. Yes, yes, for sure, without a doubt. I, I think also something about, I think there's a big comparison musically to a, a relationship of music and chess. And I think it has to do with the improvement rate of chess. And if you think about it, it's very much like a, not like a video game. Because if you play a video game, you have an immediate feedback. You already know that you have to do a couple more moves and you'll get to the next level when you're playing a game. The feedback is immediate. Your improvement in chess comes with a lot of time and a lot of practice. Like you, you really do go up slowly, and it's the same thing with musical instruments. I've taught, you know, guitar all my life. You know, since I was sixteen, I was teaching privately. I'd go to somebody's house and teach privately, and I've, as a musician who plays, you know, the older I get, the better I used to be because I, I play piano now, sort of, and I play guitar, but I mostly spend my time writing. So it's playing in slow motion, if you will, just putting the notes in and drawing them and making them happen and but what i notice is that the improvement rate of music is very similar seems to be to me now to the improvement rate of chess so you have to really commit you have to know that you have to do the work in order to kind of bring your ranking up and or get a ranking at all you know and 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 it's a funny thing i never realized that it's that kind of difficulty and that's why i've i've stayed a novice in chess over the last two years because i've because i I actually enjoy losing now. I, I actually enjoy just seeing how are they going to destroy me this time, you know? And, and, but I, I revel in just the pleasure and the mental math, the kind of work that I have to do to kind of get myself out of a problem. But, um, you know, breaking a thousand will never happen, you know, for me, unless I really commit to it. And that's how bad I am. I'm like a 900 something right now on chess.com. On, um, and, and on like 500 in Blitz or something at three minutes, or uh, you can look me up. I'm composer313 at chess.com. That's honestly pretty me. good for like those online things. <laughs> really? Honestly. Well, I, I, I don't know. I don't <laughs> think so because I get destroyed all the time. It's like, you lost, you lost. I'm like, ugh. But, but that thing is that the, the thing is that I, I love, I love the game. I love it's, it's become, it used to be like Mario Kart or any game that was like, you know, on the phone. It's been chess for the last two years. That's what I do, you know, and I'm like, just, and I, and I love it. I just, I do, I'm doing puzzles too now and trying to, trying to do that. And that's been a fun, 
it's been mm-hmm. a long answer, but I guess the only thing I was last thing I was going to say about how the comparison of music and chess is, um, I've noticed the same energy from people now that because I'm more involved in this show, I've I've noticed the energy of people saying, you know, oh oh I used to play chess. I I played as a kid. I just I never came around to it. I, I never got it. It's the same exact thing as people who play music. Mm-hmm. When you're whenever you're playing an instrument or doing something, they're like, oh I used to play piano. I never came around to it. It's the same apologetic, nostalgic, I wish I shoulda, coulda. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very much the same thing I've noticed in people that I meet whenever mm-hmm. we talk or get around to talking about chess. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. It's like, uh, oh, I've, I I still have this this board or um, it's always, I always hear it's, oh, my dad taught me how to play. My father taught me how to play too. Um, yeah. and, and that I think also shows those, those gender divides. And I guess I'm sort of curious how when you were interpreting um, the, the script and just the book as well, you know, how did you sort of come up with the, the soundtrack for this? Like, what was that process like? I'm sure it was, um, it was extremely difficult from the standpoint that um, uh, each, you know, each move that she makes or each scene with Beth, she's such a talented actress that um, you just become so captivated in what she's doing. And even as a chess player, when I was looking at the board, I typically when chess boards are on TV, they're not accurate. Um, they have something wrong with them. And this board, I could not find anything wrong. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. that's a good part. But um, I'm sort of curious what your whole process was like with it. Well, they had the hard, the hard job. You know, I at some point wanted to call Scott you know, the director and say, make sure uh, this because I had no idea who was involved in making sure the chess games were fine. I was like, make sure the board, you know, has the black square on the bottom left, please place the board correctly. And like, that's where I was at, because I know these things happen a lot of times in TV shows and whatever. And I didn't realize he had Bruce Pandolfini and Gary Kasparov, you know, being the consultants. And re- they, basically what I found out by going on social media and going online is that um, <laughs> that these are recreations of very famous games. Many of the games Beth plays are actual games that happened, or maybe some variation, but the idea and, and the essence is, is those. Um, I guess to address the form, former thing you were speaking about, having to write something um, from a woman's point of view is, is never going to be 100. I know I'm already two strikes and three fouls against me because I'm a man. I don't have that experience. It's impossible. I think, however, Scott Frank did do this again with the with nuance and care. I think he he had done it in Godless. I felt, and it being a Western that that really had an added aspect of of female empowerment. I was thrilled to get to be part of that. You know, I was thrilled to be part of his storytelling, and I really love the idea of a of an orphan girl from Kentucky during the Cold War beating the Soviets, which is what they were at the, at the time, at their own game. And I, I thought, you don't get more female empowerment than that. And, and, and to be along for the ride is, is really as much as I can ask for, you know? And so getting to the games, I really spent a lot of time trying to understand what the, what, I actually made a couple big mistakes early on. I, the, the biggest mistake was that I thought that every time we had a game, there would be a kind of music. You know, those game music, you know, and that would be it. And and those are the first things I started sending to the, to Scott. And 
And he was like, no, it's not working. No, it's not working. And I, and he couldn't verbalize exactly why. And I couldn't figure out what I was doing wrong. And so it took, it took months really of trying to understand something. And what I realized is that the games were always contextual. The game, like um, with, with, with Scheibel, when he lets her back in and, you know, he says, you're gloating at the end. It's like a dance, you know, of he allowed her in and, and the music very much feels like a ballet, very piano based ballet. Her game with Benny Watts, which is the first major challenger and a national competition. You know, it wasn't Kentucky. It was it was the big one. That was battle music, you know, and it was using the idea of Benny. Every time Benny made a move, you'd hear da 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 on the cello, which is sort of idea of Benny's theme. And then when she moved, it was the piano because that's where she came from. These are very nerdy things that I didn't even talk to Scott about. I never shared this with Scott. I'm sharing it with you because you're asking, but he would just his job is like if this is this is the screen, right? My screen. Music is here, and he has to deal with costumes casting vfx sound you know editing and all this other world that fits the screen so whenever he turned his eye on me i'm like here's the music and he's like i hate it i love it okay i love it that means we're, we're good but the thing that motivated me to write was always um was always the idea of of playing a couple of games through and 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 the idea is a game being con contextual meaning that if it's about love, if she's interested in someone like ta like Towns, the music's going to play that way. It's going to play to the character. It's always about where Beth is at in the story as opposed to the game music. Does that make sense? And and that that really was the was the was the first part and the second part was and it, again this I never spoke to Scott until I just I don't think he even knows whatever, but the idea was to start he wanted an entire piano score, a piano-based score. That was his call. And I was like, let's do it, let's do it. But as Beth grew from the orphanage and was picked up by um, Alma, her, her mom, her, who adopts her, Mariel Heller is a great, a great actor, great director, uh, takes her out into the world and she starts growing. I realized I had to add instruments. I had to add more instruments as she's developing. The orchestra started to kind of be born. By the time we get to Russia, by the Soviet Union, um, or the USSR at the time, um, there's no piano left. It's just orchestra. And the one trick was, and that's the game thing I was thinking of earlier, is that her world in episode one is piano. But every time she played ceiling on the chess, it's orchestral. So it's kind of like when you're a kid and you imagine, you know, one day I'm going to, you know, it's fully developed. Those visions are very clear those visions of her on the ceiling which she's playing on the ceiling are very fully realized there's orchestra there's choir there's brass there's all this stuff and then but her reality is piano and it's not till we get to the soviet union when her reality is orchestral and piano's not around so that that again i never spoke with scott about i just kind of did it and he was like cool and so anyway long answer no that's incredible and and, and it's funny like i noticed so the first time I watched it, I was really looking at the chess aspects of it. I was looking at the board, the games, and and sort of tracking her progress. But then the second time I watched, and how many times I've watched this is just, it's, it's <laughs> embarrassing. Um, but I always catch something new. And one of the things was, um, you know, the music and how it's traced. It was so interesting when she was, you know, looking up at the ceiling and, and what 
that looks like and chess players do that all the time i mean we you know we might not look at the ceiling or you know do drugs or anything like that but we do um you know we could but we do um True. you know analyze those things and really try to visualize them that's what we try to teach and so it's it, it really represented to me her growth but also the more instruments you add, I mean, the more complex it becomes. And, and that really is, is her life and her challenges. I mean, when you become the greatest player, um, yeah. that in itself, you know, in order to get better, you're going to have to beat someone who's better than you. But when you're the only person that's the, the greatest, how do you how do you get better? It's, tr it's true. You know, it's funny. You're making me think of that because and, and I do admire that I I. I also think that's very akin to musicians who play in real time and improvise in real time because you're looking at all the possibilities of notes that you can play right now, the next note that will follow. And, and I think that understanding is almost, and it's going to sound really weird, but, but I actually do think it's like rappers when they're flowing, when they're doing their thing, coming up with the rhyme scheme, knowing what the final word is, but having to think the rhyme ahead to match so when they land with the word that kind of thinking i always do think it's sort of like and i think it was represented very interestingly i in the game with 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 uh benny the first time when she looks down and then the pieces are moving very fast i i initially started doing very fast piano music or something and and i realized it's going so fast that i might as well just slow it down and i had this like really slow music of the strings coming up and then when she makes her first move and it's always her eyes when she looks up that's when the music starts you know she makes a move and she looks bon, and then here we go we're in battle mode and then that music should move but i was always in awe of the speed at which things moved and even when they were just drawings i was seeing like sketches now I, I wasn't seeing any fully realized effects and i knew it would show arrows and you know it was like a sketch of the chessboard and then like an arrow like it's turning or the camera move and and I just imagine that, but, but I was always impressed for, for some reason, I was very impressed with that shot of her playing in the U S open with Benny. I thought that was just super cool. I loved the way the pieces looked. I liked the way it feels and he's just like, just waiting and, it, and it, all this action is happening. And I was always enthralled by that. Anyway. Absolutely. It's, it, it's such a, it, it's impacted so many young women. And I'm just, I know my, my last question for you is really, um, I mean, your own personal reactions to the reaction that Queen's Gambit has gotten. I mean, even if, I, th I think even if we weren't in a pandemic, this would still impact so many people just because it's very rare that we see something centered on a woman in chess. Typically it's like Bobby Fischer or Magnus. And, and while those are important stories, to have something that is female led and yeah. to really see her own struggles and experiences, even when she gets her, her first period, something that's that, you know, um, that reaction, you know, what is, what is your reaction to the responses you've heard so far? I, I've loved how the idea of a woman or a character like hers that is in control of every aspect of her life, even when she's out of control, you know what I mean? She is, she has, that's why it's a problem because she's so, you know, hard-nosed if you will but yet at the same time you know she to me is a woman who was who the choices of her life were made for her before she could even grow up you know she's a victim of the choices that were made for her by her parents of course and then you know being in the orphanage and 
and and her idea of relationships uh, is a very very difficult uh, layer to crack through and we see her realizing maybe that towards the end of the show but her her relationship obviously the only thing she can't control i think as you mentioned is in is is the board and she says that literally in the show one of the during one moment but i've been i've been so so pleased that for every reason of course that the show has been given more attention than i thought it would i i just thought that if scott got it right for the chess community i would have been i was already like happy i knew how much time and quality and care they gave to that that they wanted to make sure those games were like legit and and really kind of bring up the game for what it is as opposed to oh it's the background of her story they kind of play it's another character in her story it's another relationship in her story and i think uh watching people react to that in that way and take notice of it has been the biggest thrill for me to see you know people realize how good scott is at what he does he's brilliant he's he's true and I'm, it's privileged for me to get to work with him and getting to work at the level of that they are and the concern that all the filmmakers are are paying to the editor michelle tesoro stephen meiser cinematography wiley statement sound design which is it it doesn't seem like a big thing because it's chess but it's making such a big impact in how you experience the show so being able to be a part of that puzzle to helps um helps tell the story is oh, it's a dream right now it's as, it's as dream as it'll ever be i think and so i'm i'm grateful to even get to talk to you about this so Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's um, I I feel like too. It's the clothes. People love the clothes. Everything she wears. <laughs> that was like something that I've seen a lot. Like people, I read an article somewhere where people are tracing her clothes, and then I of course I had to watch it again to understand the her the her process of her clothes. But it just gave me more of an excuse to watch it again. <laughs> no, it's it's it truly is. It's there's so many. There there is so so many things that that have been affecting people and i never you know but the set design um and and the costumes of course have been like just beyond me i mean just it's anyways i, I to be part of that and he, just so you know i lived with a lot of this footage for a very long time it was i was two years on the project and once they shot it i started seeing the dailies i was so focused on what i was doing that i couldn't look up and see oh my god look at the look at the chess theme or motif in the in the in the wardrobe I was not catching any of that or in the set design i was just paying attention to sound and music and so for me getting to watch the show after they color timed it they added so many things little things to make sure the red of her hair pops through episode one like it's just it's almost like the focal point of so many scenes on her that, that i wasn't noticing before it that kind of magic to me is always an education i'm learning so much from it so to just to hear what you just said again it accentuates or underscores what you know what i've been experiencing and and as a discovery for me so thank you yeah i mean thank you so much and is there anything else that you want you want to share a lot of our uh, people watching especially will be um young women and and even people just starting to get involved in the chess world but already see how intense it can be yeah um i don't i think that no matter what like even in the arts in in what we do whatever i whatever i'm doing which is the film scoring media scoring now but before it was guitar playing and before that i was in a band and even in academia to get a, a job teaching i actually think that that competitive spirit it's it's something to to respect but it's also something to be aware of how far you're going to be allowing someone else's success 
hinder your ability to move forward. And I think that if you just worry about yourself and focus on yourself and your development, choose to be inspired by their success as opposed to be overwhelmed by it because it's a choice you can make. And, and, and our instinct usually when we see someone doing well, I'm speaking on the comp competitive aspect of what this is, and it doesn't just apply to chess, it's life. Uh, when you see, you know, why do they get, why do they have the opportunities? Why do they get, I had, I grew up in music composition where, where uh, other students were the ones getting all the notice and I was the person next to that student getting all the notice. And I, for the first few years was like, why not me? You know, I'm working really hard. And then one day I just let go of that. One day I just said, screw this. I'm not going to worry about them or anybody. I just got to get my game better. I got to improve on myself. And I started sitting down and talking to the people that were doing well. I was like, how are you getting to write? In my case, how are you getting to write 200 measures when I'm writing six? Why, how do you do that? And then get their information, knowledge and learn and grow from it. Inspire yourself by the success of others, right? As opposed to thinking of, of, you know, why them and not me? I think, I think that's, that's such a, it, it changes how the outcome of your future can be. I really do believe that. I've, once that started, I, a lot of doors started open for me. And that, that really has been one of the best experiences I've had is choosing to be inspired by others, people's successes. I hope yeah, it's I mean, of some service. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's such an honor to talk with you. I mean, I've, I've loved your work from afar. And so when I heard and read that you were involved with this, I knew I was waiting for the right time um to get in touch and i was like you know what i'm just gonna try it now um but I, I was so excited to hear back and there's so many people in the in the chess community that are just excited that a game that we've seen that's been um it's it's been through a lot some people think that it's um there, there's a lot of negative things about chess that people people bring up but for the community to see it be celebrated i mean that's just such a big deal for us no, no, it, I hear you. And I'm grateful to be here. And if anybody wants to play me on chess.com, I'm happy to lose. Uh, Composer313. <laughs> I'm going to write that down and I will play you. All right, let's do it. I can learn. I can certainly take the education. So you can say, I can't believe you made that move. And you can text us. You can message in chess.com and you can say, wow, boy, do you suck. You know, that would be <laughs> awesome. That would make my day. So I'm sure you're, you, you're, you're better than you say you are and even I'm if not. i'm happy to give you lessons all right what dude thank you so much yeah. of course yes i'd love it i'd love it so much <laughs> awesome